0: Bloobcast and I'm James. I'm Ewan. And I'm Rob. But the question is why are we called the Bloobcast? Yes. Yes. Today we are discussing The Simpsons season 5. Brilliant. But before we get started I want to give a quick shout out to my sister. She adores The Simpsons and she suggested that we did a Simpsons episode. Not knowing that we'd already decided we were going to do one anyway, but I digress couple of days ago was her birthday, and so Sydney's episode for April is kind of like an extra birthday present to her. So happy birthday if you're listening. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Today, we're
1: discussing season five. We kind of talked about it last time because it's the best season or the one that's kind of universally considered the best season. We wanted to discuss Simpsons in any way. We couldn't do it where we just talked about the Simpsons overall. We had to like cover a specific like hmm. season topic. So we decided on five. Kind of randomly, kind of because of universally the favourite and because there's a lot of episodes to discuss. Yeah, L- uh, all great episodes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of classics that people will remember. Yeah. So it'll be nice to bring back a lot of memories of classic Simpsons episodes.
0: Rather than the legacy the show currently has, where it's basically uh, Beloved's family pets being kept on life support. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um... uh, Santa's little helper is probably still alive somehow.
2: Yeah, and somehow Bart and Lisa have not aged a day. But we've had multiple episodes where they predict their future and they're all different and stupid and weird. (laughs) They've had multiple
1: episodes discussing their futures. They even say in one episode that Bart was like a toddler in the early 1980s, which would fit The Simpsons being set in 1991 or 1992 or whatever. Yeah. I think that's in Lisa's first word well oh, they yeah, keep Bart changing is... it because they keep them the same age. It's weird because Homer and Marge, they're children of the sixties. They were teenagers in the seventies. You know, they even comment on Homer being like such a square in the episode Homer Palooza. He's into music from the seventies, but he's trying to like get into music in the nineties. And we'll get into that. There's a lot of nineties stuff in this season specifically, which is why it works so well. I think.
0: Oh yeah. Um, do we want to do our staple of this? Discussing how we discovered Dr. Like, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So who was oh, to go first? Oh, that was me going. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> oh, that was just me saying. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think Ewan's probably the biggest Simpsons fan out of all of us. So maybe it's best for Ewan to go first.
3: Mm.
1: Okay. Yes, I cannot remember a specific time when I first discovered The Simpsons because uh, I've always known The Simpsons. It's been in my brain since forever. But I do have some specific memories. So one of the first kind of actual memory of a specific episode, as opposed to just Simpsons brand. My first memory is when I was in the leisure center where I was learning how to swim. Uh, There was a TV in the room, like, you know, the kind of the main character of like what's the word called
3: let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby get ourselves some snacks like
2: Like a bar Why,
0: why am i thinking atrium is this where you play the samurai jack Flash this game by any Yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, yeah,
3: wow. same place.
1: There was a TV in the lobby and they had on Who Shot Mr. Burns Part One. I know this because I remember it was Homer was graffitiing something. And the only episode I can think of Homer's graffitiing something to the point that it's so memorable is when he's writing down his own name. My name is Homer Simpson. So that Mr. Burns will remember his name.
4: Who the devil are you?
1: So that's the first kind of memory I have of a specific episode. But in terms of season five, because I feel like I'm cheating because it's The Simpsons in general. But in terms of season five, I had a DVD thing. Not a DVD box set, but a kind of special selection of about five episodes Mm. of, you know, just random Simpsons episodes. And the DVD had uh, Sweet Seymour's Badass Song, which was easily my favorite episode of that DVD. So that's the one that kind of stuck out in my mind. Now I...
4: I finally have time to do what I've always wanted, write the great American novel. Mine is about a futuristic amusement park where dinosaurs are brought to life through advanced cloning techniques. I call it Billy and the Clonosaurus. Uh, So when I
1: finally did get the Season 5 DVD box set, because unlike all of you cool kids, I don't have Disney Plus, so my way of getting The Simpsons is watching some old DVDs. So that was me realizing, oh, Sweet Seymour's Badass Song is a Season 5 episode. So so that's my own little history beyond just watching box sets religiously as a kid, quoting them constantly at school, being the most annoying kid in school... Um, because I did nothing to quote <laughs> Simpsons. You guys, neither of you went to school with me, so you're very lucky. Oh, no. But yeah, there was a period from about the age of 10 to the age of maybe 14, 15. <laughs> um, okay, maybe maybe less than that, but yeah, maybe 11 to 14 or something like that, I quoted Simpsons religiously. You know, I, I knew I knew all the lines... I knew all the trivia. It's ingrained. It's, I reckon, it's tragically ingrained in my I reckon brain. we would have been
2: good friends in, in school, though. I reckon.
1: <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> or I would have just annoyed you. I mean... Like, I literally <laughs> <did> nothing before but... it's <laughs> right, Simpsons. In the corner, I have a big Simpsons World book, so that's that's how bad I am.
0: Oh,
4: that's right, brilliant. Yeah, no,
0: no. Rob. Yeah. So, want to go ahead. So, for me... So I think my early experiences with The Simpsons were kind of mostly through like cultural osmosis, as I was aware of it, and I have flashes of watching bits of episodes on BBC TV two which this shows how long ago it was because that's they don't show the Simpsons anymore. but bbc two used to show double bills i think the simpsons then the fresh prince of bad air i think they mm. those who shows their back to back but i don't remember any of fresh Prince aside from the intro oh, yeah. which but i remember flash of the simpsons mainly season one but i remember, definitely remember watching lisa's rival mainly the end where skinner's i'm looking at ralph's entry in the competition he's got the um
4: star wars figures yeah. pre-packaged star wars characters still in their display box are those the limited edition action figures?
3: What's a diorama?
4: And I remember, don't
0: remember which season it's in, but the one where Larry Burns, Mr. Burns' son, and um, Homer for kind of like kidnaps him and becomes friends with him.
4: Don't you care about your son? This is more important than money. More important than money? Who is this? We also
0: had a um, boxing Bart Simpson hand puppet. So it's like um yeah, uh. you put your hand in and you pulled the levers and you like you, um, you punched. I'm not sure why it was Bart Simpson, but yeah. and I remember when I went to like Burger King KFC, they sometimes have Simpson's toys with the happy meals. Yeah, I think mm. growing up, I had kind of a limited exposure to The Simpsons because mm. quite easy to forget, but when it was on, originally, it was quite controversial, which can be easy to forget because it's relatively tame compared to things that came in the wake of The Simpsons, like mm. South Park and Family Guy, which are a lot more, like, gratuitous, mm. as it were.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I think Simpsons, I definitely watched it. It was not something I have really found an appreciation for until I was an adult. So my, my sister did have, like, multiple DVD sets, including Season 5. I watched your episode here and there throughout my teens, and I did enjoy them, but I always had other things like, like taking my interest that I gravitated more towards. Yeah. Because like, a lot of comedy shows at the time, I, I was just think they're just something I'd like put on, not something I'd like obsess
2: over. Yeah. Other than Red Dwarf. I know I was the same. My appreciation of comedy <laughs> yeah. shows has grown as I got older. I think
0: another reason was because I had Sky TV. Most of the time, I saw Simpsons on TV. It was like a modern episode, and yeah. as we've kind of hit on. Modern Simpsons is not the best. So watching Simpsons TV nowadays is kind of rush, like Russian roulette. You can either get a classic episode <laughs> or a mediocre modern episode like Lisa Goes Gargo or something like that. Oh, God. But I think my pre-show Simpsons came from I saw a clip of Kirk Van Houten singing the song Can I Borrow a Feeling and then came across all the steamed hands memes.
4: <laughs> well, Star I made it, despite your
3: treachery.
0: Ah, Lord Megatron, Welcome. I hope you're prepared for something deliciously evil.
3: Mm.
0: And then I went and watched some episodes in light of those that hit me. I was like, "Wow, this show is actually really funny." And I borrowed some DVDs of my sister. Yeah, watching. I was just like, a couple of Christmases ago, my brother got me this big book, which is things called the Simpsons Episode Guide, which goes through into detail episodes from like season one to season twenty. But obviously, I'm you're up to like season eight or so. But it, it's got a lot of interesting trivia. It's got all like the quotes and like song lyrics, to all the songs in the episodes. So yeah, it's, you know, that's my
2: experience with The Simpsons. Kind of like Ewan, I don't really 100% know exactly when I discovered The Simpsons because it was kind of on all the time. Not only on my TV, but also on every other TV that I was kind of exposed to. Like, sometimes I'd go into a restaurant or whatever, and there'd be a TV in the background, and The Simpsons would be on on that. And then when I go to see a family member, that would be on their TV as well. I think it was either one of two episodes that I discovered, and it was from either season three or season ten, which is the Flaming Mo episode and the Wonder Bat episode with Homer, like, playing baseball. Daryl Strawberry. Yes. You play right field. Yes.
4: I play right field
2: too. So? Well, are you better than me? Well, I never met you, but yes. I remember I those- I think those are both season three. I think, no, I think season three is the bat one, and I think season 10 is the Flaming Moe, I think. I think Flaming Moe is either season three or season four. I could be wrong, but- Flaming Moe is earlier season three, yeah. Is it? It's the 10th episode of the third- I beg your pardon, I'm sorry about that. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, I watched it all the time. It was on always on TV. And I remember watching it at my grandnans house. So somehow my grandma was always involved in these stories, but my grandma was around as well, like, and she would put on The Simpsons. I think what baffled me the most about The Simpsons when I was younger is that it was a cartoon that I could watch, but it wasn't aimed at me. So I was watching like Disney films and all sorts of Cartoon Network shows at the time and whatever was on the CBBC, but The Simpsons would come on and it's a show that I could watch with my parents and stuff. And they would be enjoying it. So I was really confused by that. I was like, what is this cartoon? Do you know what I mean? It kind of baffled me at the time. As I've gotten older, I've kind of grown to appreciate it as this kind of like family sitcom show that's charming. It's aimed at everyone. There's a lot of wit going on in it. And the animation itself is very charming. To be honest, I know it's a bit wishy-washy, but I can't 100% say when I discovered it, to be honest.
1: I think we're all that generation where it is very difficult for us to pin
0: down when we actually first came across Mm. The Simpsons. I think it's kind of easy to get nowadays, how massive The Simpsons was in its heyday, like, and yeah, it was like everywhere, even I think in like 89, 9, 1990, they had a guest appearance on Sesame Street where they were with Grover and they sang Was it Monster in the Mirror? Rubber, rubber,
3: rubber, rubber. Yes, if you rubber me, then I will you. If you me, then I will you. Yes.
2: Like they did Butterfingers as well, like the Butterfinger ad.
3: Nobody better lay a finger on my Butterfinger.
0: Domino's Pizza were the sponsor of The Simpsons on Sky One for years. Oh yeah.
3: I'm tired of being a corporate shell.
0: I
1: remember it being very traumatic when they made the change from BBC Two to Channel Four. Because I remember it being on BBC Two and when it got onto Channel Four it was horrendous because they put an advert break midway through.
0: Oh, yeah. I think they censor episodes a lot as well.
1: They do, yeah, I've noticed that. It's usually with swear words, though. I remember my first instance of that because, yeah, I watched the DVDs religiously, which aren't censored. It was in the episode Sideshow Bob Roberts in season six, when when Sideshow Bob becomes mayor. There's a line where he says, Is that what you want, you snarling little bastards? And that was (laughs) noticeably cut from the TV version, I noticed. Yeah. They do swear a lot, actually. Like, I'd forgotten, like, every so often you will just hear them say bastard.
2: Thanks for poisoning the planet,
1: bastard! Get bent! On the subject of censorship very quickly, I just wanted to mention with Disney Plus, I have, because I have my DVDs, I have the Michael Jackson episode and you guys don't. Ha ha ha. Sorry, I'm just laughing at the audience because they all have Disney Plus. But do we really yeah. want that episode?
2: <laughs> I've, that's like the one time where I'm just like, okay, that's censored, but like, don't know if I want to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, yeah,
0: I can see that. How um, Classic Simpsons constructs its jokes as, I've seen kind of like a video talking about this, and it's like the jokes are really well put together. So when you deconstruct the gag, you actually realise They've actually taken like multiple small gags and combined them together to make it a big one. So, But you yeah. don't realise it, it's multiple smaller gags. Yeah. I want to highlight one from this season in particular, which I think was brilliant, which is um, from the episode Homer and the Pooh, where Marge and the Pooh go shopping. So starts where Barney, Barney Gumball, the drunk, he approaches a giant bottle of maple syrup that's in the shape of a woman. Yeah. He starts talking to it as if it was an employee at the store. And when it doesn't respond to him, he, like start, he um puts his hand on his shoulder and it causes the bottle to topple over and spill onto the floor. Then Barney gets hysterical saying, Oh, I killed her. It's happened again. <laughs> and then in his hysterics, he runs into a stack of cranberry juice, which all spills out into a massive tidal wave into one of the aisles. And a customer is struggling to swim and begins to sink into the cranberry juice. And it looks like he's drowning. But suddenly he pops back out and goes, It's cram-tastic.
3: Excuse me, ma'am. Where are the lampshades? No, I've
4: killed her! It's all happening again!
3: <laughs> help me! Help me! It's cram-tastic! <laughs>
2: Do you know what's funny about that? That has no bearing on the plot, but the animators are like, look, we've got this shopping mall here. Let's just do some crazy stuff with it. Let's have fun. (laughs) That
1: that one scene also has two other brilliant gags. First, there's the gag of Grandpa Simpson just talking away at the shop counter and holding up the queue.
3: Ah, there's an interesting story behind this, nickel. In 1957, I remember it was. I got up in the morning and made myself a piece of toast.
1: Yeah. And then there's the whole joke <laughs> about all the single men just buying items as quickly as possible in in one quick row. So yeah, that one scene which is probably all of three minutes long, if even that, like maybe two minutes. They've packed not only those two gags, but that entire gag that Rob just described. It's incredible. You can go through each episode and just it's just wall to wall jokes
0: and gags. Oh, yeah. It's so impressive. Yeah, another great example of that is in the first episode of the season with the B Sharps. Chief Wiggum who used to be in the B Sharps until we got fired, he's watching this TV program where someone's like talking about Chief Wiggum and laughing at his expense. And we see him in bed watching it, shooting at the TV, <laughs> and rather than using the remote. And then, it, then his wife says, honey, use the remote. Then we look over and we see he's got his remote in his gun holster. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah. And they use the remote to change the channel. And then the next channel is taking the piss out of Chief Wickham as well. So
1: that episode, we should, you know, I know everyone knows probably all of these episodes, but the B-Sharps, the whole point is, is that it's a riff off of the Beatles uh, as, they, as they said, uh, what if we come up with a name that's funny and then is less funny every time we tell it? So they call themselves the B-Sharps. The whole thing is a big parody of the Beatles. They have George Harrison on the show in one of my favorite celebrity guest lines. He says,
3: Hello, Homer. I'm George Harrison. <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God! Where did you get that brownie? Over there, there's a big pile of them.
0: <laughs> wow, what a nice fella. Because <laughs> I, I, I love at the end where he's driving past and he sees the bee shards performing on the roof of Moe's tavern and he's like, It's been done. <laughs> it's amazing. The episode also articulates how great this season is as that's the first episode of the season. And then the one right after that is another classic, which
2: is Cape Fear, which sees, I think it's Sideshow Bob in his third appearance. So one more thing about that particular episode though, that one episode, cause you, you were talking about like how jokes get like, execute very quickly and charmingly, right? At the beginning of that episode, there are three brilliant jokes that are executed in less than a minute. And it's Homer digging through the collectibles of that auction place. And he finds an action comics, and he's just like junk. And he finds like a, a famous like penny collection, junk. And it's like all these things that cost probably millions of dollars. He finds uh reverse stamps. So if you
1: find any of those, those are worth like millions. And about. even
2: like action comics, like the fir- that's like the first the action comics. The very first issue, so, the first yeah, appearance yeah. of Superman. Yeah. that's
0: the... The, like junk. You
2: know, that, <laughs> oh, uh, that actual issue, you like bankrupt Nicolas Cage like.
1: as, as a fan of Les Miserables you know that helmet that Principal Skinner talks about wearing in Vietnam when yeah. he was a prisoner of war yeah did you notice the number on that because it was was uh, it
2: 24601 it was yeah oh my god I didn't notice
1: that oh my
4: god <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go oh, back man. to that now.
1: The visual gags are amazing. Yeah. I think one great thing that they have as animation, are visual jokes as well as the, the actual jokes themselves. But one other thing I just wanted to say quickly about B-sharps was the amount of Beatles imagery that they recreate. There's the wonderful scene when Barney comes in with his Japanese girlfriend. Um, oh, so he's on Yoko Ono,
0: yes. <laughs> and he's saying,
4: my is in danger of growing stale. I'm taking it to strange new places. Number eight. Uh. Number eight. Uh. Number eight. Uh. Number eight. Uh.
0: Number eight. Uh. I love at the end. There's the kid. He's um, selling newspapers. Like um, read all about it. B sharps singing on the rooftop. And then some guy picks up the newspaper, buys it. He's like, "Hey, this has nothing to the B sharps." <laughs> that one kid, and that has the one
1: time I think when they ever gave the ha ha, Nelson's ha ha, to someone that wasn't Nelson. I've, I've always noticed because he runs off going ha ha.
3: Wait a minute. There's
1: nothing in here about the B sharps. Come back here. Ha-ha. <laughs> Let's go on to Cape Fix. I absolutely yeah, love Kate Kate it. It's
0: one of the most iconic episodes in the show's history, and it's only the second episode of the season. We have five seasons in to Simpsons at this point, and this is only the third time that Sideshow Bob has appeared, and this time he's back with a desire to kill Bart. And while this episode is funny, we also get to see Bart, who's all normally like relatively carefree and cocky yeah. and confident. And he's uh, much more vulnerable. He genuinely fears for his life, he's paranoid mm. looking in every direction. Because at first he does not know who's sending him these threatening
2: letters. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's quite an
2: intense start to the episode. Like,
1: <laughs> sorry, when, when I just, when you said that, I immediately thought of when Homer, he gets letters and he's like, oh my God, someone's trying to kill me.
2: <laughs> oh wait, it's for Bart. When they've escaped and everything like that. And Bart's like literally in bed, like trying to sleep and f- frightened for his life. And is just like Why do you want your brownie before you go to bed? Ah! Come on, let me cut you a brownie while they're still hot.
3: <sighs> Dad, I'm kind of edgy right now. I'd appreciate you not coming in my room screaming and brandishing a butcher knife.
2: And then he comes he back with a chainsaw me. like Why do you want to see my new chainsaw and huggy mask?
4: Ah!
0: Oh, Bart's oh. <laughs> face <laughs> when he's screaming is hysterical. A lot with Homer is when they are trying to tell him he's Homer, you're Mr. Thompson and he's like Hello, Mr.
2: Thompson, I'm Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, he jump cuts to them, like, literally having been hours at it, and he's, like, taking his jumper of like, like Let's try this one more time. <laughs> now,
1: Mr. Simpson, when I tap your foot and say, Hello, Mr. Thompson, you reply, yes, I'm Mr. Thompson. He just Hello, does not Mr. Remember.
4: Thompson.
2: <laughs> I think he's talking to you. Also, um, like when um, they're driving off, because like, it's with the FBI, they're like, oh, look, it's the FBI choir in this car. And it's like, what?
0: <laughs> oh, the, the oh and they drive through the cactus <laughs> patch, and um, Homer's like, hey, kid, who wants to drive through the cactus patch? And Sasha Bob's underneath the car hanging on, and, <laughs> and Bart and Lisa are like, yeah. And then Sasha Bob's like, no, clearly not an adult male voice. And Homer's and question, he's like, oh, two against one, in we go. <laughs> So that that whole episode is a riff
1: on I mean it's called Cape Fear because it's it's actually named after well the films, because there was a remake. Oh uh, Cape Fear. This is also the first introduction of when we have Sideshow Bob's theme music. Right. Also
0: the first a... time where we get
2: <laughs> where he steps on the right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I love that bit so much. I've always Does forgot about
1: that
2: one bit. I've
0: also Sideshow so Bob die Tattooed on. She says, uh, Oh, that's German for Die Bart. No one who speaks German can be evil.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, a bit where like, he's writing the letters with his fingerprint uh, with the blood, blood. With his yeah. blood. And um... he
0: passes it, and Snake's like, Use a pen, Sideshow Bob! I
1: fully recommend watching the original *Cape Fears because it's actually hilarious the amount of scenes that they just rip from those movies. So there's the scene where he's underneath the car, for instance. They just point out, in real life, hanging underneath a car would be a terrible idea (laughs) because the first thing that happens (laughs) is that they go with bead bumps. (laughs) There's the scene, they're in the cinema, and Sideshow Bob's smoking a cigar and laughing really loud, and then the joke in that is that Homer is actually more obnoxious than Sideshow Bob is. <laughs> That's the thing. You wouldn't even know that they're riffing off of a film if, if you didn't know the movie. But here they are, like, just completely riffing off of it. I should also point out that so the Sideshow Bob theme is from that film as well from Cape Fear and it's just hilarious that most people will associate it more with Sideshow Bob than they will with <laughs> the original films
0: One great moment with the police in this episode I think Marge goes to the police about the letters Chief is just like sorry it's not illegal to do that and then the police comes up to him like he's fell off they're just like it is here oh it's illegal to put squirrels down your Trousers for the purpose of gambling. And then he goes he goes in and you see a room where the police are doing it. He's like, Cut it out, boys, cut it out. <laughs> also, Chief Wiggum, oh, as yeah. the
1: years go by, is just increasingly Well, I think he was always an accurate depiction of the police, but <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always more and more apparent how accurate he is. But also
2: the, the bit at the right at the end where like basically Bart outwits uh Sideshow Bob and their boat crashes on the shore. The police are there all in bathrobes. And yeah. like like Chief Wickham just says like, Hey, it's handy that this brothel was here, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: I love how incompetently corrupt the police in the Simpsons are.
3: Yeah. It's a good they, they, parody.
0: They were they were pointing out how bad they are
1: back in the nineties, you know. It's 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 always been that way. It's very way. clever but,
2: satire. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I understand Bart's terror, because if someone drove outside of my house and said, the following people will not be killed by me, (laughs) then you go Homer, Marge, (laughs) Lisa, and Maggie. That is all.
2: <laughs> and then like Herbie rushes in Like I like, Hey Bart Do you hear the news I'm not gonna be killed And he's just like Oh sorry <laughs> Just back away
1: <laughs> The episode ends On the most bizarre But amazing notes Of Sideshow Bob Singing the
0: entirety Of Gilbert and Sullivan's HMS Pinafore Sideshow so, Bob's like Any last request Before I hear you And Bart's like Can I hear you sing All of HMS Pinafore
2: And he's just like I will send you to heaven Before I send you to hell
0: So Kelsey Grammer Voices this is Sideshow
1: Bob, and they really make use of his amazing baritone voice. Just absolutely brilliant to listen to, especially his laugh. Just a perfect <laughs> evil laugh.
0: He was the only good thing about X Men The Last Stand. Oh, yeah. Wait, he's in X Men Last Stand?
2: Huh? He was Beast. Oh, Crumpets. <laughs>
0: But yeah, back to the Sims movie, I do not want to give that terrible movie any more time in my brain. Yeah. I just wanted to say, before we end our discussion on
1: Cape Fear, he remains an Englishman. He <laughs> remains an English man.
4: Wow. Sorry.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow, oh. I I, I apologize, apologize, folks I just I've always. Now we talk
2: about that was beautiful. We should do that more. I've always wanted to do that. (laughs) I think that was probably the perfect way to end a topic. This is the best thing we've done so far.
1: (laughs)
0: Homer Goes to College is my next.
2: I love that episode! It's my favourite. Yes. I love that
0: episode because it takes the tropes you associate with college movies and turns Mm. on their head because Homer goes to college and he expects to partake in all these tropes he's seen in college movies and then he finds out
4: actual college is not like that. We now return to School of Hard Knockers, starring Corey Masterson, Dean Betterman. I hope nothing unsavory happens during my visit as you know I am the president of the United States. Oh, don't worry. I've expelled those rowdy members of Chugalug House. Oh, I hate that lousy dean. Uh,
1: he puts alcohol in the drink and uh, then someone takes a drink of it and they're like, "Oh my god, somebody spiked the drink." And it's like, "Okay, everyone calm down. We'll all leave in a leisurely fashion." <laughs>
2: Well it's funny because it's like a parody of extreme college culture people that like get binge drinking or whatever. Kind of like UK drinking culture actually at universities. But it's also a parody of people that are just way too play. and safe. What would they, they say like when the like, drink was spiked? They said like, Okay the punch has been spiked but don't worry your parents have been called and they're gonna pick you up immediately. It's just like, yeah, uh... yeah. And the Dean is really
1: nice, He just he's a really nice guy but Homer's like convinced that he's like a horrible asshole.
3: Yeah. Homer, no one blames you for the accident. We simply feel you might benefit with a little outside tutoring. I researched these names myself. Yeah, you've won this round, Dean. But the war isn't over.
0: Um. all. <laughs> <laughs> that episode has one of my absolute favorite gang. I think I've quoted to you a couple of times. The nerds end up getting expelled from the college for doing a prank. And they're like, we'll be okay out in the outside world. As soon as they step out the gates. Oh, snake no. Comes on going, wallet inspector. And then the nerds just hand them their wallets and says, all oh, right. But what makes the joke even funny is Homer just stands there and he says, hey, that's not the white inspector.
2: <laughs> Was there like a bit like where Homer finds out he doesn't have to attend lectures? That one scene, I just kind of relate to a bit. Oh, this is bad, but when I was at university and stuff like that, I'd just be like, do I have to go to this lecture or can I just stay home and play Overwatch or something like that? <laughs> but like, go feed the wildlife. And not like, home, I just chasing squirrels and shit like that, instead of going to a, a lecture. I am just like, yeah,
1: yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the episode of
0: I am too smart. I am too smart. It's marty. I mean S-M-A-R-T As his house slowly burns to the ground. He sets
1: fire to his high school diploma.
2: And then burns his house down. <laughs> and also this is the episode where the meme of originates from as
1: well. Homer identifies as a jock uh, versus the nerds. And yet he becomes and best he friends. Ends up being a roommate yeah.
0: of nerds. When the nerds get kicked out of the college, Homer gets in the with them. They just cause so much noise to the house. I remember my favourite is Bart and Lisa are watching the episode, where <laughs> actually finally gets itchy. And just as it's about to happen, the nerds unplug the TV and forget what they were doing. And Bart and Lisa are really like, oh, plug it back in, plug it back in. They plug it back in. and they find the episode's already ended. Krusty the clown's eye. <laughs>
3: They'll never let us show that again! Not in a million years!
0: The perfect way to rub it in. It's amazing.
2: It's fine. We've got YouTube. They'll find it on there one day.
1: <laughs> the pop culture references, like, we wouldn't even pick up on them today. But the whole thing is that they're riffing off of National Lampoon's Animal House and Porky's. It's the inherent 90s-ness of the show that I kind of wanted to bring up. It's like Homer is referencing movies from, like, the 80s. And, and that's the kind of the world he knows. So I, I really liked The Simpsons when it kind of reminds me of my own childhood, I guess. A lot of that stuff is all ingrained in it
2: kind of a day to a better time, I think, as well. Like when things, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's I'm being serious though, It's like it was a, a lot more innocent. You could be convinced of like good things. Things ultimately turning out for the best. Doesn't happen now, you know. I, don't know. <laughs> I sound like a real cynical prick right now, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my
1: God, Rosebud.
0: This um... is one of my favorite musical moments where the Ramones play happy birthday for Mr. Burns. Happy birthday,
2: Burns!
3: Go to hell, you old bastard.
0: Mr Burns is so upset he tells Smithers. Have the Rolling Stones killed?
4: Oh, sir, those aren't. Do as I say.
0: It also has
1: Homer doing a wonderful comedy act, which relies on him entirely, just pulling his trousers down, showing his butt to the audience, and going, I'm Mr. Burns, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was a very accurate impression, actually. I think Homer should have got more laughs. Oh, but the reason why he didn't get any laughs was the first thing that happens is... Dog the dog a dog dies. That a, ...that a dog died outside... <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, oh, that poor
2: dog. And they're just like, you horrible man.
1: But again, I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to point out the pop culture references for everything. But this was the one where I learned the entire plot of Citizen Kane without actually having seen Citizen Kane had oh. just Rosebud. The entire plot is the same. It's actually is it? amazing. I
2: mean, I watched Citizen Kane, but I didn't kind of catch on to it. I mean, maybe they kind of did it as a pastiche, but I didn't catch on to it. It's the-
1: incredibly blatant. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah, the title is Rosebud. Yeah, that's no, but the, the title,
2: whole... but the actual plot of the episode though—is it like?
1: No, the whole thing of Mr. Burns's childhood, where he's like, "Would you rather stay with your natural? Oh, loving Oh,
2: would
1: you it rather out. go off with the, yeah. <laughs> this cold, loveless Billy? Yeah. The only difference is that Mr. Burns just immediately jumps <laughs> in the car and leaves. I noticed this season has a lot of incredibly gay Mr. Smithers moments. Oh yeah, we've Mr. got Lisa and Nanny Stacy coming up as well, and that's got lot in that as well. But I was just thinking Mr. Smither's just dressing up as a teddy bear and running into the room for Mr. Burns to like hug and squeeze.
2: (laughs) And also like Smither's kind of have a thought bubble of like what his birthday would be like and, like Mr. Burns is jumping out of a cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Happy birthday, Mr. Smithers. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay, you and can I just say your Mr. Burns impression is scarily spot on. <laughs> hey, I'm is
2: glad. it scarily? You... I can't. It doesn't surprise me. I reckon. I used to be
1: able to do like a lot of Simpsons impressions, and I, I kind of lost it as my voice got deeper. But yeah, I'm glad whenever, <laughs> whenever people say that i do a good impression so in this episode mr burns wants his teddy bear bobo back and they show an entire sequence of what happened to bobo since mr burns abandoned him as a child including him getting on the spirit of st louis which was a plane that traveled from america to europe and then being adolf hitler's personal teddy bear <laughs> and when they're in the bunker at the end of the second world war Hitler just shouts at the teddy bear, this is all your fault! (laughs) And then they show Bobo somehow made it to the Arctic, where a bunch of guys find it, put it in an ice bag, take it to Apu's quickie mart, and they're like, you've got to pay more than just $4 a bag of ice. We lost three more men in this expedition. And then Apu's just like, if you can think of a better way to get ice, I'd like to hear it. One thing we should definitely discuss, the Treehouse of Horror,
0: Dear Homer, I owe you one emergency donut, signed Homer. Bastard! He's always one step ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ned Flanders, you're the devil? Always the one you least suspect. And then Mr.
0: Burns is watching on the camera and is like, Who is that fellow? I like the cut of his jib. (laughs) Homer gets cursed and he has to have a donut for a head and he can't stop eating. (laughs) And the eating it. and Marge's like, Omar, stop eating your head, but Marge, I'm so tasty. And then the police are all waiting outside oh, yeah. for coffee because they want to rip his head off and dunk him in. <laughs> it's the perfect it's really horrifying implication.
4: Perfect stereotype.
2: Yeah, the
0: writers, I
1: listen to the Simpsons commentary tracks for fun because that's the kind of person that I am. <sighs> and one of the things they talked about with the Halloween episodes is that they do actually want them to be genuinely scary on top of obviously being funny. And it kind of goes back to what you was saying, James, like the writers were horrified when they learned that children were watching it. Oh no! <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> because
1: they were never writing it with kids in mind. It was strictly to entertain themselves. So, you know, it's whatever they found funny.
0: It wasn't shown on that times that children normally watching TV. It was normally kind of later on, more of like an evening show.
1: Yeah. yeah. At the time, it was considered really controversial, which is just crazy mm. by today's standards. I remember there was commentary I was listening to about Christmas specials. So they talked about like the Star Wars holiday special and things like that. But they were saying that because The Simpsons started off on the Tracy Ullman show, it was like a little five minute short. And kids at the time were saying that they found The Simpsons hilarious because Bart was a child who used the word Damn. And that was apparently hysterical to 80s children.
0: I remember reading somewhere, one of the banks did a survey of children around the 90s of their favourite TV personalities and even though they are way too young to be watching it, Eric Cartman from South Park was like top of the list. Oh
1: yeah. Both that and Bart Simpson were considered bad influences on children. The Simpsons writers just found that hilarious because they literally have Bart like using a slingshot yeah. as if he's like Dennis the Menace from like the 1950s.
2: I think they also sort of missed the point, that the fact he's, he's kind of like a realistic depiction of a child as well, because like, even though he's a bit of a mischievous chap that like, breaks the rules. He's he, well-meaning. Exactly, yeah. And also not only well-meaning, but he's also quite smart as well, like the way he outwitted SciShow Bob.
1: The episodes that touch on Bart as more of a, just an actual child, I always think are, are definitely some of the strongest. You know, whenever they have to deal with
0: like real life problems. Oh uh, yeah. I, I, Find that really good. One of the ones I want to bring up is one of those episodes, but we'll get to that soon. Yeah, well, it's good to have like
2: a relatable character. I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, very
0: quickly, Rob, are you talking about Boy Scouts in the Hood? I
2: was talking about Bart Gets Famous. Both Ah, of those are very good episodes. Let's talk about both of them.
1: (laughs) This is the problem. We are just going to talk about all
2: of them. Oh, okay. Talk about one of them. That's fine.
1: (laughs) Very quickly with the Treehouse of Horror, I just wanted to talk about the stuff that they parody is amazing. Here's a really nerdy film fact that I know. So obviously there's the whole joke of selling your soul to the devil. But the story with Ned Flanders being the devil is actually a very specific reference to the movie The Devil and Daniel Webster. I know this because Daniel Webster is a lawyer who successfully argues against the devil in court that the soul of this person doesn't belong to Satan which is the plot of this specific Simpson's parody. <laughs> I just wanted to mention that because nobody knows this detail and I'm a nerd uh,
0: that I need to tell these uh, people. Speaking of lawyers, Lionel Hutz is one of my favorite side
4: characters in the Simpsons. I just find him hilarious. I rest my case.
3: You rest your case?
4: What? Oh, no, I thought that was just a figure of speech. Case closed.
0: I think that might be part of because of Phil Hartman. Any character voice for late great Phil Hartman is just gold Like Troy McClure, the monorail guy. And he was going to play Zap Brannigan, Chicharama, but sadly he passed away. So they got Billy West. Billy West is kind of doing a Phil Hartman impersonation when he plays Zap Brannigan. Definitely. Yeah, I
1: noticed that some of the most amazing Lionel Hutz moments are all in this season. So it was great seeing all of that. Like in the Treehouse of Horror one, there's a bit where he
0: says,
4: <laughs> Mr. Simpson, don't you worry, I watched Matlock in a bar last night. The sound wasn't on, but I think I got the gist of it.
0: A later episode, he allows him to lose custody of Bart, and Marge is like, I don't know why we keep hiring him. The next episode, Marge on the Lamb, oh, is my favorite.
4: Love Lionel Hutz
1: moment, when he says...
4: As of this moment, Lionel Hutz no longer exists. Say hello to Miguel Sanchez. I
1: wanted to say quickly with Treehouse of Horror when they say that they specifically wanted it to actually be scary. I think the scene of the Gremlin thing ripping off Ned Flanders' head is probably up there. That
0: gave me nightmares. Nice. Really yeah. That scared me. Uh, uh, that's also got a really funny bit with Mole Man's gremlin car crashes into a tree. Because it <laughs> crashes and it's fine, and suddenly it blows up. Well, it doesn't even <laughs> crash as the thing. It just stops in front of the tree yeah, and, and it's, then it it's, it's, a, it's another example of The Simpsons kind of taking these tiny little gags, like, stitching them together to make big gags.
2: <laughs> I like how with Treehouse of Horror, the rules are basically off. With The Simpsons, they wouldn't downright just kill a character or have a character murder a character just very casually like that. Whereas in Treehouse of Horror, they're just like, yeah, yeah, this character's now Dracula. Oh, look, they is the devil. Yeah, boss driver's just gonna murder this old man.
1: <laughs> also, the episode that ends with them all singing a Christmas hymn and Snoopy and Charlie
2: Brown. That's true. Yeah,
1: the rules are thrown out at this point.
2: The Simpsons, even though it's a cartoon, unless it's like Treehouse of Horror, it doesn't kind of outrageously kind of put it in your face that it's a cartoon. It's still kind of, for the most part, in the realms of reality and satire. But... Mm, yeah. But there is that one Although, scene. Homer tries to chuck away the trampoline, and then like the trampoline, like it literally <laughs> looks like a Looney Tunes episode. It, like it bounces right back up, and then he like it pushes him and into. The...
0: Like, oh, it's Homer in the rock.
2: Yeah, this is like if this was like a cartoon, this hillside would break off right now, and it does actually break <laughs> off after about many hours. And it's just like at this point, like you could just can tell that the Simpsons writers are trying their best. But they are clearly cartoon fans, a lot of them.
1: There is the brilliant moment in Boy Scouts in the Hood when Bart and Lisa are watching an Itchy and Scratchy episode and Bart's criticising it for not being realistic. And Lisa's like... Oh, Bart, not every cartoon has to be 100% realistic. And then Homer, who's sitting in the living room with them, also walks by the window at the same time. It's a good little moment where they break the verisimilitude of the show. It's clever. That's also one of my favorite episodes, as I said, because it's relevant to a real-life child's life
0: is that they would be in the boy scouts at one point i was in the scouts i was in the scouts from the age of like five or six to 16 so wow <laughs> 10 years of my life was
1: spent in the scouts did you do a broadway musical number where you went crazy broadway style because of a mad sugar rush
3: springfield 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 new, new york new york is better away man thanks Kid.
0: I think my parents were just like... I think my cousin was going, so I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go as well. And, uh, I was yeah. fr- from like Beavers all the way up to, I think, Explorer Scouts. And at one point, I was a couple leader
2: as well. Oh. <laughs> I just like how during that episode, when they have those slush puppies or well, something like that, like that just really sugary drink yeah. they get from the oh, yes, up. Squishy. Squishy, there you go. You see them just doing all this crazy stuff. They're going gambling, they get tattoos done. They're like going into these really <laughs> expensive, lavish things. And he yeah. wakes up all hungover with no memory of what happened. And the one thing that freaks him out the most is the fact that and he's joined he's the Boy Scouts. Scout yeah, out of all the things yeah. he's done. And I love how he keeps thinking he's going to leave. Then suddenly something
0: sways him back. Like, yeah, he goes in and sees it's Ned Flanders, who's the scout leader. And he's like, oh, I'm not having this. And then he's like, okay, this paper, nice. And then he's like, yay. Then he finds out he's got to read some knife safety book and do a test to um, be able yeah. to get his license to use a knife.
3: Don't do what Donnie do not do does they could have made this clearer?
1: but then again he thinks oh who cares about knives yeah. anyway?" and then he walks around and everyone's doing amazing things with knives
3: call that a knife this is a knife Ooh, down i go
2: they also teach him how to hunt wild animals and the gags that follow with him just like trapping homer is just The best ever. And then, of course, the episode
0: ends with Homer and Flanders, Bart, and I'm not sure which one's the older or younger one. or told Flanders, "Stranded on the raft because they go the wrong way." And Homer's got a map that shows all the Krusty Burgers, (laughs) and they find some like random Krusty Burger that's like an oil rig and Krusty clowns that that's like close it down because they've obviously got like no customers because it's an unmanned oil rig. And Homer comes (laughs) in like, "I'll take six hundred (laughs) Krusty (laughs) Burgers."
1: I enjoyed the fact that James was what watching it last night, and he was
2: freaked out by the ending of Yeah! I remember watching this when I was a kid, and it freaked me out as a kid, and I was like, oh, why did they do that? But now that I watched it again as an adult, I still had the same reaction. I was just like, oh, what? <laughs> but you Ewan's explained or, it to me. For well,
1: audiences out there who are confused and scared by the ending of the episode Boy Scouts <laughs> in the Hood, what happens is that celebrity foster parents Ernest Borgnine is killed by Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. Because they're in a summer camp, like an old abandoned summer camp, and there's a weird thing that comes out from the bushes, and they play the musical cue from Friday the 13th. That's what that is. It's a reference to Friday the 13th. Oh,
3: this
4: bit where Homer steals his knife. I stole it from that board nine guy.
0: And then this guy comes across. (laughs) Cross a bear. Don't
3: worry kids, I'll take care of him with my trusty uh,
1: uh um uh hmm 9. This is the thing. We were, like again, our generation has no idea who he is, but he was in some big films at the time from
0: Here to Eternity, Escape from New York. Oh well. <laughs> Bart Gets Famous, which I feel is a great critique on like catchphrase comedy where like stuff like Little Britain where the entire joke is the characters say the same thing over and over again. And for some reason, people find it be the funniest thing they've ever heard when it really isn't. Ay, caramba! Yeah, it's a brilliant takedown of
1: the Simpsons' own faddishness, I guess. Where like the whole point is they're commenting on the fad that was Bart Simpson, yeah, because you know, the merchandise of him, that you know, all the catchphrases. Yeah, and
0: remember, it's funny, get, He just gets gets famous for just saying one thing. Oh, I didn't do it, which yeah. was because. He was appearing as like extra on a the clown show and then everything just goes wrong. He says, I didn't do it. And then the audience just laughs. And then suddenly Bart gets known for saying, I didn't do it.
3: Say the lie, Bart. I didn't do it.
0: Yeah! But he goes on Conan O'Brien show. And he's- prepared this whole speech to show he's more than his catchphrase, and then Conan's just like, yeah, just say the line. That's all what people want you to say. You know what's amazing though about that episode is that
1: all of that commentary you just said was great, Rob. But the important thing about this episode is that it starts with them going to the box factory.
0: I like the bit with Bart's trying to imagine like a more exciting school trip, but can't imagine anything more exciting. it's like, instead of going to the box factory, we're going to... The box factory all the way on the school trip. We see that the bus go past all these other really much more exciting school trips. And then we get to this dull, dour box factory. Everyone there is bored out of their minds other than Skinner Mm. and Martin Prince. And uh, Skinner is almost like a little kid while he's there. (laughs) It's kind of a sign of how out of touch Skinner is with the youth.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I want to quickly comment on that thing you mentioned about Bart using his imagination to escape this boring situation. And he goes like, so instead of a box factory, we're going to a box factory. What he says afterwards was like, damn, my lack of imagination. This is all TV's fault. And he gets one of these portable TV shows out and he's like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> And this is the good commentary on how, like, consumed by, like, media and it's making us unoriginal and I thought that was quite clever. Guys yeah. guy at the
0: box factory, everything he talks about is to do with boxes and Bart's asking all these questions. And he popped eyeballs.
3: I'm not sure what kind of factory you're thinking of. We just make boxes here.
0: That
1: character is easily one of my favorite one-time characters where it's like he's just so beautifully deadpanned. The
3: story of how two brothers and five other men parlayed a small business loan into a thriving paper goods concern is a long and interesting one. And here it is. It all began with the filing of Form 637-A, the application for a small business or farm.
0: He's like, this is where the film crossed the Clown but we'll shut the blind to stop you being distracted by non-box related topics.
2: Ah, (laughs) plot twist. It turns out that he's a has-been and he resents Krusty and it's revealed right at the end.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He himself was a show business fad that ended quickly.
2: Also, going back to the little television thing that Bart brings out, it's mentioned a couple of times, but they have portable television screens. I don't know if you guys had that growing up like that was a big deal I,
0: my first ever TV that I had in my room was a portable TV yeah I think, I think it was it's my grandma's like little like square thing and I remember once my cousin visited from Ireland and he came to stay in my room, and I remember we were just watching his portable TV and we watched a bit of Donnie Darko which I didn't know it was Donnie Darko at the time I just remember the bit where this character goes I hate that Mrs. Farmer she's such a fucking bitch and me and my cousin were 11 and my cousin was like 10 and of course we're like all swearing that's the funniest thing ever so we laughed our asses out about it Like all next. Morning.
2: Yeah, I love those old. They're, ch- they're charming, but also just a staple of that time. Probably well, we don't even work anymore because they
0: run on analog signals and analog signals have been defunct for yeah. years
2: now. What you was saying is that a lot of the stuff in The Simpsons is kind of like a staple of that era. There are things in the show that people have no idea what they're talking about now. Because they don't exist anymore. So, like portable television, that's something that was quite big at the time, but now it's unheard of.
0: Even VHS. Ask a kid nowadays, they most likely will have no idea what a videotape or a VHS is.
2: Exactly. We don't even know
1: what a cassette tape is. It's crazy to me that we haven't even touched on Deep Space Homer.
0: They get Buzz Aldrin, one of the men who landed on the moon, to voice <laughs> himself in this episode. Careful, they're ruffled.
1: That episode has my favourite meme
0: in it, which
4: is, of course... And I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords.
0: The bit where Homer and Barney are in this arena fighting, and it's a parody of the Star Trek episode, A Time, where Kirk and Spock have a fight. And yeah. it's, even they've got the exact same music, the...
2: I don't know if I'm just misunderstanding the reference. Does he turn into Popeye when he's going through the bloody? He does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I'm not going I can't mad. Think this no more. Because like his chin, like <laughs> literally, just grows out, and he's just suddenly like, I can't think this. It's like, why is Popeye? Why is he turned? What? <laughs> They're
1: making a joke about how your face gets all made weird by spinning around in that NASA spinning machine, and yeah, they just decide decided to face into Popeye.
0: But of course, the true star of the episode, Rod. In Rod We
1: Trust. Yeah, the inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> it saved the day. In Rod We Trust, it has its oh. own parade. It gets a medal at the nuclear power plant. And it
0: ties back to the start where Homer's like, well, I'm going to get the Best employer Award. I've not got that yet. I'm the only yeah. one who hasn't got it. And then Mr. Byrne just gives it to a plutonium rod.
1: (laughs) Just remembered the Terminator 2 reference in Homer Loves Flanders. Oh, God, we're just going to be
2: doing this all day. I actually plan to watch Terminator later, so I'll probably recognise it.
0: (laughs) Two more episodes I want to discuss. First one of which is Lisa versus Malibu Stacy, which highlights why Lisa is my favourite of the main Simpsons cast because she's smart enough to see through all the bullshit that surrounds her and call it out. Mm. Like, so she gets this new Malibu Stacy doll that talks, and she's very disappointed because this doll has nothing meaningful. So it just says stuff like, "Don't ask me, I'm just a girl." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, that plays into the notion that all women can only aspire to marry rich husbands and become housewives.
3: I had a Malibu Stacy when I was little, and I turned out all right. Now let's forget our troubles with a big bowl of strawberry ice cream. Now let's forget our troubles with a big bowl of strawberry ice cream.
0: <laughs> Lisa is the only one out of her friends who takes issue of this, but she's adamant that she has to make change and ends up getting in touch with the creative Malibu Stacy. It's got lots of these great games. Mm. Like a girl's Malibu Stacy has got the wrong voice box in.
3: Don't you people see anything wrong with what Malibu Stacy says? Oh, there's something wrong with what my Stacy says.
4: My spidey sense is tingling. Anybody call for a web slinger?
0: And the girls and Smithers get lured in by Malibu Stacey's new hat. Um, And one of my favourite gags, which is one that gets talked about very much, is this bit when Lisa gets let into the mansion of the owner of Malibu Stacey, the gates open and this guy runs in like, yay, I waited nine years to get my frisbee back. He gets his frisbee runs out and then he throws his frisbee and goes straight
3: back over
1: the fence and he goes,
3: "Oh!"
1: I really love the fact that the creator of Malibu Stacey, all of her husbands are all themselves action figures.
3: Five husbands. Ken, Johnny, Joe, Dr. Colossus, Steve Austin.
1: <laughs> I also really love the detail that the creator of Malibu Stacey was kicked out of the Malibu Stacy company. She was saying,
3: They said my way of thinking just wasn't cost effective. That's awful. Well, that and I was funneling profits to the Viet Cong.
2: The ending was really sweet in that episode as well. Basically, they update the doll and all it has is a hat.
3: Don't be fooled! She's just a regular Malibu Stacy with a stupid cheap hat! She still embodies all the awful stereotypes she did before!
2: but she's got a new hat. And Lisa's just distraught by this. But right at the end, one of the children gets hold of one of the dolls, but has Lisa's voice like saying inspiring messages. And it's like, you know, maybe that could reach out to one girl out there and inspire them. I thought, oh, that's that's
3: really nice. (laughs) Yes, particularly if that little girl happens to pay $46,000 for that doll. What? Oh, nothing. Kudos to you, Lisa. Kudos. Very quickly we need
1: to just comment on what happens when you turn on Mr. Smithers' computer.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, what is Smithers obsessed with the toys? <laughs>
0: yeah, he turns on the computer and then digitize version of Mr. Burnett and say,
4: Hello, Smithers, you're quite good at turning me on. Um you probably should ignore that.
0: Ah.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's amazing. They they were really just blatant
0: about Smithers' infatuation with Mr. Burns in this season. And this is one of Safe for Lost, and it is probably my absolute favorite episode this season, which is. The Boy Who Knew Too Much.
2: Hmm.
0: Oh my God, yeah. I've said before, Skinner's my favorite side character. (laughs) Like My best bit of the episode for me is Bart plays truant from school and Skinner is on a relentless and single-minded pursuit of Bart Simpson. He begins his search in places that Bart is obviously not going to be, but Skinner's like, when I was a kid, this was cool, so I'm going to go to the art
4: gallery, and he's like, Why, there are no children here at the 4-H club either. Am I so out of touch? No. It's the children who are wrong.
0: And it's almost Terminator, like the sheer determination.
4: And so we enter in the game.
0: That Skinner chases Bart.
3: Oh my god, he is like some sort of non-giving up school guy. He's also got the great bit with
0: the courtroom where Homer decides to go against the opinion of the jury. Because yeah. it means that he'll get to stay in a fancy hotel with room service. And he ends up paired with Skinner. So yeah. <laughs> we've got this brilliant odd couple kind of pairing, which they even reference, they even say we were like the original odd couple. I'm also a big fan of the three
1: Willy directors cuts.
3: Oh no, Willy didn't make it and he crushed our boy. Ugh,
2: what a mess.
1: And I love that episode. It's one of the few times when Lionel Hartz has actually Done well in a case which is amazing, even though his evidence is completely ridiculous.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to prove to you not only that Freddie Quimby is guilty, but that he is also innocent of not being guilty.
0: And that's the thing wow. with Freddie Quimby, so Bart's got to do a test. Like, they really set it up perfectly. Bart really doesn't want to be in school. The conditions are made like so much worse. New desk's supposed <laughs> to sort out their posture and it like, crushes them. And then Bart looks out the window and then Freddie Crimby drives driving past in his car and is like, I have to think I got all this from dropping out the fourth grade. And then Bart just like writes a signal which is obviously from him and gives it to the teacher <laughs> and just, um, um, leaves the school. <laughs>
4: Please excuse my handwriting. I busted whichever hand it is I write with, signed Mrs. Simpson.
1: Yeah, that episode, again, just gag after gag. And it has my favorite little TV cutaway where Bart's freaking out. He saw a crime committed, but he knows the truth. He's watching this TV show, or this movie, and it's like a Clint Eastwood style film. And there's this whole thing where it's like,
4: Next up McGonagall. McGonagall is framed for a crime he didn't commit. And only one witness can clear his name. A little sissy boy who's too scared to come forward.
1: And then, like, I was watching the commentary track and the writers were saying, yeah, they were trying to work the word McGarnagall in as many times as possible. So it's like,
3: You gotta tell them what you saw, Billy. But I'm so scared, McGarnagle. You gotta do this one for me, Billy. McGarnagle. Okay. For you, McGarnigal? Well, McGarnagall, Billy is dead! <laughs> He slit his throat from ear to ear. Hey, I'm trying to eat lunch here.
0: We reached out on social media to ask oh people, yeah. their favorite episodes from the season. So I'll read out some of the responses we got. So first one is Ryan Baker. He said, probably the easiest rewatch is Deep Space Homer. The references oh. are never ending. And with Tom Cruise going to space, the scenario versus a citizen going to space has never been more viable. Plus the blue bamboo waltz. Really brings back memories of 2001: A Space Odyssey. I'll take care of it. And then Joe Arnold, he's given two episodes: Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, and also Homers Barbershop Quartet. And he says he still breaks out into Baby on Board on a regular basis.
4: It's a trip to paradise.
0: Baby, boy. Then we've got Louis Sparks, who says, Quite possibly the best series of The Simpsons in terms of the classics. Thoroughly enjoyable rewatch value. And he highlights Homer and Pooh, Cape Fear, Marjorie the Lamb, and Burns' Air, to name a
4: few. Okay, boy. I wrote down exactly what to say. Just read it and you're a shoo-in.
3: Hey. Hello, Mr. Kearns. I bad want money now. Me sick. Ooh, he card reads good. So pick, please, me, Mr. Burns. It's Kern, stupid! No, it's not.
4: Disregard.
0: And then wow. Casey Marsh, he didn't give an episode. He said, don't want to brag, but I've got a Duff beer patch. Duffman gave it to me at a party once. And <laughs> then on Instagram, Liam's average life says, the last temptation of Homer. And he says he loves the theory that Marge, at the end, is actually Mindy in Homer's imagination. Mm. Mm. I want to say very quickly, Last Sensation of Homer is
1: probably my favourite episode in this season. It's incredibly funny, but I, yeah, mm. it's very heartfelt. I really like his relationship with Mindy. And who wouldn't want to get with a woman voiced by Michelle Pfeiffer in there the was...
4: 1990s? Oh, Mindy! You came, and you gave, without flaking. But I sent you Ben Gay, oh Andy. Dad,
3: why are you singing?
4: Tell a lie, tell a lie. Mm, Because I have a small role in a Broadway musical. It's not much, but it's a start. Bravo.
0: (laughs) The series of The Simpsons, I would get celebrities to voice characters, say Danny DeVito, and have him show up as Homer Simpson's long-lost half-brother.
1: Some of the best Simpsons moments are with these celebrity voice actors. One of my favorite characters, this isn't season five, but I love uh, Harvey Feierstein
4: as Carl. I want you to say to yourself, I deserve this. I love it. I am nature's greatest miracle. One
0: last thing we get: James Woods as himself, briefly in Homer and a Pooh but uh, he's brilliant, he tries for a job at the Quickie Mart for him to do some meth acting for a role he's got in an upcoming film. And he's uh, asking all the customers like, Did you believe that? I mean, the way I gave you the change, did I sound like a real Quickie Mart, you know, kind of guy?
3: Actually, I thought it was a little labored. You gotta lose yourself in the moment, man!
2: James, very quickly, what is your favourite episode? It's a hard one. I think I liked The Last Temptation of Homer as well. I think it was a very nice episode. I watched The Last Temptation of Homer. I liked it because a lot of Modern Simpsons episodes do portray Homer as being a bit of a dick quite a lot of the time, and we don't see the sort of tender side of him. Whereas this episode really goes for it and just shows that he's quite loyal. And this is a rare kind of situation where Homer's really tempted. He's tested. He's tested, you're right. And I was actually reading a note on a Wikipedia page. I can't remember if it was on a wiki or the official Wikipedia page of The Last Temptation of Homer. They actually almost portrayed Mindy as being this unlikable character that is deliberately trying to destroy Homer's marriage.
1: It's a lot stronger.
2: I yeah, think. and what they said is, you know, it would be more funny and amusing to basically betray Homer and make another her, character. Make a female Homer Simpson. Basically. Yeah.
3: Cat Clark. Eden.
4: Hey, my favorite! Raspberry swirl with a double glaze!
3: Double glaze. And they said, like, what would be more
2: funnier than having, like, two characters be tested by their own videos or something like that? And I was like, ah! Oh.
3: I guess we'll be going down together. I mean, getting off together, I mean...
2: That's okay. i
4: just push the button for the <laughs> stimulator.
1: I mean elevator. The reason why Last Temptation of Homer is my favorite moment is when Homer and Mindy are in the elevator together And Homer goes, Well, this is my floor. And pushes the emergency button, jumps out, and he goes down the chimney of the nuclear
4: power (laughs) plant.
0: He's just sliding down,
4: going, (laughs) "Ah,
3: See
0: you tomorrow. Brilliant. On that note, thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find all of our previous episodes on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also find us on social media. We are at Bluecast Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like we did for this episode, we'll be doing some kind of engagements um, on there for our next episode, so keep an eye out for that. And you, like with this episode, you'll get a shout-out on the next one for what we talk about. We also have an email address, which is bluecastoutlook.com. So please send us any feedback you have or even like suggestions for future episodes, things you want us to talk about in future episodes and might give you a shout out on the show. And also please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast around and recommend it to family and friends that you think might be interested. In the next episode, we will be discussing what is one of my top three favorite TV series of all time and also one of the best cartoons of all time. Avatar The Lost Airbender, Woo. mainly touching upon horror as well, but mainly focusing on the original TV show, which ran mm. from 2005 to 2008. Yeah, so yeah. look forward to that. Yeah. So, yeah, until next time, the Blue cast bids you farewell.
2: Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening.
4: Bye, everyone. Marge, I'm confused. Is this a happy ending or a sad ending? It's an
2: ending. That's enough.